Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Good morning, happy Thursday to you, Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, full show ahead, good luck keeping my attention, the Open Championship is on, the TVs are not on, they might be on eventually here, but uh, it's up and running, there's already guys done for the day, that's amazing, it is 6.02 and there are several players that are already done for the day at St. Andrews in Scotland. Do you ever turn the TVs on? No, I should. I don't see them on ever in here. I think I will turn them on uh, during this upcoming break. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I will. Let's, let's have something We can watch new. some golf in here. <laughs> because there was at one point years ago that you you just liked the fact. You told me, I like the TVs being on. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. You said it makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. Why don't we have them on? Can we? I don't know. I think we should make that change. You want, you want to make the TVs yeah, go back o- on? Over the break. When we go to break, let's do it. Okay. And then gotta, tomorrow morning, let's have them on. I got to make sure I can navigate these things because they've changed. I mean, yeah, I sound like an old. You know, yeah, that's right. I'm fine. Hey, I'm not. I have never claimed to be great with technology ever. Never said that. We have. Like, oh, this Gus is here. This Roku stuff, you know, the streaming stuff, it, it changes all the time. Yeah, I've Spe- we've had we've had several changes to these TVs, and so I don't even know what we're at right now with. If we have YouTube TV or what the heck we So have. you don't come walking in sometimes and just turn on the TV? No. Here? Yeah. No. Gus, uh-uh. you'd know how to do this, right? <laughs> turn, it's just, it just sounds straight pathetic when you put it like that. Hey, Gus, do you know how to turn on the TV? I mean, I am 95 years old now, apparently. That's what it feels like. You've already made fun of my shirt this morning. I like it. Mm. I like it. It's a good shirt. No, you can't just. Absolutely. I, 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 come on. What you said that's a funny shirt was the first thing you said. I, 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 I didn't said mean it. By the end of the show, you're going to think, oh, that's a pretty cool shirt. I didn't shirt. mean it. This is a new shirt. It's definitely new. Yeah, I, haven't, I've, I got this like within the month, yeah. basically. Yeah. You it's want, di- it's different, different than what you usually The backstory quickly on this. Yeah. I did not get it because I was wanting to buy the shirt. I was playing golf in Kansas City and I ate oh, lunch. Yeah. And I spilled a bunch of spaghetti on my shirt, on a white shirt. Oh, that's what we discussed. With 18 holes more to go. So I had to buy this shirt instead. We discussed this shirt. We did? Yes. That day? I think so. Was, uh, that is not an inexpensive shirt. No, it was. That's right. Yeah, this is, yeah, I know. I had to pay some money for yeah, this sucker. Did. Yeah. You did. I remember that. Yep, it, I, did. I remember when I, we had the conversation. You've forgotten. It was eyebrow raising. <laughs> How costly that shirt is. What brand is it? I don't. Even, I have no. I don't. Don't ask me these questions. I don't even know. I have no idea what brand of anything I have on today. Okay, so at the break we will attempt to turn yes, on the TV. That's right. Uh, for those who are curious, because I people out there they want to watch the go. They want to know what the golf update is. Go ahead, is. do it, do it. Uh, right now, the leader is a man named Cameron Young from America. If you remember that name, it might it might sound familiar because he was in contention at the PGA Championship where Justin Thomas. Beat Will Zalatoris in the playoff. He he double bogey. I think the whole late to to miss out on the playoff. 
Cameron Young did, as did, as did Mito Pereira. Uh, but you got guys like Bryson DeChambeau, who's you know a, a, a live defector. He is uh, three under par. He's four back. Cameron Smith, who nearly won the Masters, is three back at four under par. Tiger Woods tees off at 9 a.m. today, our time. So that's normal time. You don't have to wake up and you know at 3 a.m. to watch him play. But a lot of guys are on the course. Uh, Rory McIlroy, if you're curious with him, four under par through seven. Blazing hot start for Rack McIlroy. DeChambeau, if he were to win, would it be a big – I mean, would there be a big angle there, a big story, well, a well, controversial story? Well, anybody from the Live that, that wins is a big story. The Live Tour. Yeah. Because this this might be – I mean, they don't, I don't know how it's going to change, but this might be their last chance to play in the Open Championship. Hmm. We will see what the rules are going to next year because – there's no they couldn't put up the rules that quickly. They'll think about it and say, do we want this to be the DP World Tour, the the PGA Tour, and the Live Tour, or is it, it going to keep it the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour? Did you um, things to learn? There. Did you have? Did you pick somebody to win? This I did. Oh, <laughs> in your pool. As you know, I typically do very poorly. I, I did win two straight weeks when we turned our new leaf on accuracy on this show, which that was just luck. I picked Tommy Fleetwood, who has been a long-time mm, contender. One of those guys who should have won a major by now, but maybe missed his window. Tommy Fleetwood is one over par through 13. That means he's eight <coughs> strokes off the lead in the first round, which doesn't set up well for his chances to win the tournament. Now, things can change, but that's where we're at now. So th there's your uh, open championship update. Well, there will be more updates because yes. we'll have it on TV yes. pretty soon. Yes, and... Uh, People want to hear that throughout the day. So there you go. That's your early update. We will update people on how smoothly the TV process transpired. <laughs> if it's smooth at all, we'll see. 402-464-5685. Call or text as always. So we mentioned, Sip, that uh, yesterday and today are Big 12 Media Days down in Arlington, Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things. A lot of things to get down from yesterday that were were mentioned uh, by coaches and, and everybody talking. But I thought some of the f most interesting stuff, and maybe even kind of funny stuff, was from the new commissioner, the incoming commissioner, Brett Yormark. Said he, he part of his message at media days was he wants to appeal more to the 18 to 24 year age demographic, and he wants to be kind of young and hip with the conference how would you oh, no. describe how a conference how what could what could football do to, to be hip I mean it's already pretty hip to begin with isn't it wouldn't you think that football should already appeal to that demographic of 18 to 24 years old I don't know is he talking about television broadcast television television yeah, yeah. well you can definitely what do you what do they need to see in a broadcast football has been football Just for a long it, would time you please keep an open mind I would like to know if you're out there listening. Would you please keep an open mind? How would you make number one is a is a football broadcast right now not hip and cool? Now, now, what makes it hip and cool? You're asking me this. That seems unappealing to me. <laughs> yeah, me to I ask listeners too. You know, <laughs> yes, Mister. What, what, what makes what it is more hip, hip and cool? cool to I don't you? know. Are you trying to incorporate the cell phone more? Um, maybe make it the broadcast more like a. Like I don't know when you play video games, aren't there certain elements of video games that are that are prominent? Do you make the broadcast look kind of like a video game in some ways? I, I hope not. Do you incorporate those sort of sounds? I mean, this <laughs> sounds. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> well, do you play like video, video games? Yeah, I used to back, you know, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. Yeah. It, it, there were certain sounds attached to it. I've just heard them. Um, like you want the, the, the rough tackle sound yeah. involved there? Yeah. You yeah. want everybody mic'd up so you can hear every sound? Not not everybody mic'd up. Now, would you please? This is don't. This is not an attack on Sipple. This is Brett Yormark's I, yeah, idea. I, yeah, I'm attacking him. Okay, right. um, I'm just thinking about ways to do it. Make the game. Make the broadcast more hip. Make the make the entire enterprise more hip. There's things you can do. There's definitely things this you can do. This is per CBS Sports. From yesterday, Brett Yormark again talking yeah. to at Big Ten, Big Twelve Media Days. Yormark has flexed his branding muscles to define his vision for the conference. The phrase "young and hip" okay. was at the front of his mind as okay. the conference fights to increase its relevance and market share among the eighteen to twenty-four demographic. He says, uh, "Yormark emphasized he plans on keeping linear broadcasts at the center of the Big Twelve Central Broadcast Package. Think major networks like CBS, Fox, and ESPN." However, he wants to use other platforms as storytelling tools to expand the league's brand. Like Nickelodeon? Yeah, but they're doing that slime stuff for the Super Bowl. Like they oh, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their own broadcast for yeah. that. Okay. He says, quote, there's an opportunity to nationalize this brand to be more aspirational. Okay. To appeal to youth culture to get younger and hipper. Okay. That is direct quote. Yeah. Those are the things I'll be working on. All right. Aspirational. It's a good buzzword. <laughs> I don't know. Let's roll that one out. I, that, I, is this is this how you would address your first yeah, media days as, con, as as a commissioner? Now, Jake, I'm not going to sit over here and shoot down this man's ideas. I mean, he's advanced in this world pretty far. Yes, and he's, he's done it by by being a visionary. He's 55 years old. Yes, he's he, my age. More than a dozen years as the CEO of the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And then, as you mentioned, two years as a with Rock Nation. Yeah, I'm not gonna get in that. I don't want to do that to him, to to shoot down his vision before it before it's even enacted. That sounded. That I mean, listen, he's talking about things that you and I don't understand, right? Yeah, because we don't go to. I don't know. I don't know what slime is. Well, okay, so Nickelodeon. Yeah. You know, for forever that they they like they put like the green slime on stuff. Does that make any sense? You're not helping me. Okay. <laughs> well, what back, you, back when I was a kid, yeah, there was, I forget what it was called, but there was a show that like kids would go on, and if they lost, they would get covered in green slime. Okay. And so that was a big hit with the network, and so now like in the like when they had the Super Bowl broadcast for okay. the kids to make it more kid okay friendly that broadcast. When a touchdown was scored, like they'd have these fake cannons in the end zone shooting off slime to celebrate oh, okay. the score, basically. All right. I mean, yeah. It's just all 3D yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're trying to think of what 18 to 18 to 24-year-olds, what would attract them. The slime is not going to be attractive to them. That's for like 10-year-olds, 8-year-olds. Yeah. I don't know what... I'm. I don't. I don't. I'm not really. I'm curious, listeners. What if you yeah. have any ideas of what that? How would you appeal a broadcast of a game to 18 to 24 year old kids, and without thoroughly unappealing the rest of the people watching? I suppose, mm-hmm. right? Well, can, can they? Can they have sort of add-on broadcasts? Um, broadcasts that me and you wouldn't probably watch, but could be watched somewhere else. You know, I don't know. Well, he. This is from Brett Yormark. Okay. 
commissioner, Big 12, starting August 1st. Yeah. Uh, he's already pretty much acting as it, though. Uh, yes. He says, quote, One thing is crystal clear. There is no higher priority than to best position the Big 12 for its upcoming multimedia rights negoci- negotiations. Everything we do must create momentum for these negotiations as well as building the value of the Big 12 brand and business. Yeah. I mean, the Big 12's not in a bad situation, not in a terrible situation. It's it's in a better situation than the Pac-12. Um. So, I, yeah, he's just trying to do what he can to enhance the profile. And I think that I think what he's saying makes sense. Now, how do you appeal to 18 to 24 year olds? We haven't answered that question because we, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I'm 31. Gus is 19. Yeah, Gus would know this. That's right in his demographic. Just shake your head yes or no. Do you have ideas? Get on them. All right. All right. Get him on. Okay, Gus, this, this is for you. You, you Gus, our producer, uh, is 19 years old. He is in the demographic that. Brett Yormark is trying to reach to make it more interesting, more appealing to that demographic. Gus, hello, good morning. Good morning. All right, so we, we need your help here because we are, I'm 31, Sips 56. We are not in this demographic. I like football the way it is to watch it. What would make it more appealing to you and your 18 to 24 demographic? I think just giving the broadcasters and the fans who are watching more stuff to work with. So, like, that includes miking players up, giving okay. them more behind-the-scenes access. Because, I mean, there's only so much a broadcast and a broadcaster can do mm-hmm. with limited information. There's only so much they can do with the information provided to them. So the way to make it more entertaining is just give them more stuff to work with. Uh, the the mic'd-up stuff is always great when you see it, hearing coaches on the sideline. Just getting into more than what you just see between like uh, the actual game. There you go. That's a good I idea. Think. Okay. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. A Mike few up. more players, mm-hmm. maybe a couple coaches, like they do in the USFL. Right? They do that in the US. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get you back in a second. See, that's guys. an idea. That's an idea. And, and and again, that I don't. I don't think that would be unappealing to anybody watching. Right? I don't think that you mic'd up players would be like, oh, we gotta appeal, we gotta please the young kids watching no. this. No. And. Tick off the the older people. I don't think that would tick off the older people. Like, yeah, I'm not in that 18 to 24, but I, that would not bother me to have more mic'd up things. I'd be fine with that. And that, that's kind of been something that, that broadcasts have been trying to do more for a while, is get more mic'd up players mm-hmm. and coaches. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that where it's... Gus, Gus makes a good point. There's only so much you can do, right? Uh, one more thing. Okay, you know, yes. you've seen, like, Tony Romo explode as a broadcaster, and that's because... He he can show you like the he'll draw the play art before the play even happens, so he can kind of show you that extra layer. Okay. Like he can see the adjustments, quarterbacks, and like motions at the line of scrimmage they're making. He can kind of show that to you, which is an extra level you don't usually see. I mean, a lot of times you see analysts explain what just happened, but they don't really get into it like a former quarterback does. Yeah. Are you saying that that eighteen to twenty four year olds want to know what's going to happen before it actually happens? Not necessarily, but I think I mean it's just easy. Just anyone. I'm just saying. I'm not necessarily knows what happens before it's going to happen, but I think anyone, not just 18 to 24 year olds, when you get that extra, extra layer where you have a former player really like discussing like the schematics of it, and not just someone telling you kind of what you already saw or what you already sure. know you're seeing. 
and adds a lot. I is think. there anything you could take from a video game and transfer it to a uh, regular broadcast? See, I think you're giving the video games too much credit. When when I play them, uh, it's just it's a lot like a normal broadcast. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I'm I uh, when I worked a Big Ten baseball tournament, I met Brandon Godden and worked with him, and he's okay, yeah. he's one of the guys who sure. he's play by play announces. Yeah. yeah, he does play by play on those games, and it's it's pretty similar to real life. I mean, okay, they don't add too much. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, those are ideas. Yeah. Those are ideas. Yeah. I, I bet. I bet your Mark has some good ideas. I'm sure he does, because <laughs> he's got. He's the vision is hip and young for him. Hip and cool. I mean, do you add youth to the broadcast? Uh, like kids? No. Oh, younger broadcasters. Yeah, just much younger broadcasters, like twenty some early twenty something broadcasters. Would that help? I don't know. There's, they got to, I don't know. This is a very, to me, it's a very interesting discussion. Yes, it is. Because I'm, I, partly because I don't know how you, you do it. Okay. And I don't dislike the current broadcasts. So it's, it, so it's it, intriguing to me from that standpoint. Before we get to Derek on the phone, we got another call coming in. Um, hang on, hang on. Well, this is, this is more from Brett Yormark okay. yesterday. Okay. Uh, again, I'm, that's what we're discussing is Brett Yormark was was at Big 12 Media Days and he, he wants to be hip and cool in the conference and he's got more to say beyond that. Uh, this is from CBS Sports. It says, Yormark is laser focused on using his branding and marketing background to make the Big 12 attractive as possible as a holistic product. Yormark is transitioning out of his old job at Rock Nation, take over August 1st. He says, quote, I think when... Future student-athletes are thinking about where they want to go next. As they're making those decisions, I want our brand to be aspirational. There yeah. it is again. Mm-hmm. I want them to say, I want to go to the Big 12 for all the right reasons. And collectively, with the group at the conference office, our goal is to do just that. I'm very excited about it. I think there's a real opportunity. Yeah, he said some nice things. There. He, <laughs> he has, has to say something. Aspirational. Yeah. Sip. How about that? Yeah, he has to say oh, something. Oh, my. We've got the yeah, lines well, are officially checked. We have ideas. All right, we've got three callers on, but we got to go in order here. Derek, you're up first. You're on early break. Go ahead. Jake, Seth, good morning. Good to hear your voices across the airwaves of southeastern Nebraska this morning. And um, that Brent Yormach, he sounds like a pretty uh, sharp individual. I guess the question I have, and I haven't listened all week, but uh, maybe this has come up before, but isn't this really just primo time? for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 to put their heads together and create a super conference and jumpstart that process ahead of the SEC and the Big 10? Or is that just a ways off on the horizon yet? No, I think it's absolutely a possibility. I, I, that's, that's where I think we're headed. What would that do? And what would that do to the landscape then of college football? Would that expedite the SEC and the Big 10 and the remaining two conferences, ACC, Big East, if you will, into force that into um, into a realignment situation, or would it just kind of play out over time? I mean, I think right now they would hold all the cards. Now, granted, they're losing a lot of their swag with the four teams that are departing, but still, I mean, if you're going to make bold moves, that's probably the next move to be made. And uh, with that, shout out to Vince and Chris at the Baldwin Shop and everybody else who's a Husker fan. I'm getting my lumber ordered today to build that Kool-Aid stand. All right. Yeah. You guys have a great day. Okay. Thank, thank you, Derek. As, as far as that realignment goes, Yormark said we're open for business. 
Um, he said he has he has some fancy words. <laughs> yeah, well, he said op, he said optionality is good. Optionality. Would you quit laughing? Oh, o- option- aspirational optionality. Optionality is good. He said, and we're vetting through all of them. Derek, Brett Yormark says this. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. He's talking from other schools. Right. He said, we're exploring those levels of interest. Nothing is imminent. It's interesting to hear Derek say that the Big 12 is in a position, of, I don't know, what would he say, a position of power? Um, that they would force the SEC's hand, force the Big Ten's hand? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think the Big Ten. I don't think the Big 12 was forcing any no. SEC's hand. No, I think the the Big Ten and SEC are just fine right now. Right. No, no hands are being forced at all. Right. Now, I guess the one way that could change is if all of a sudden you saw reports that <clears throat> Oregon, Oregon mm-hmm. was headed to the Big 12. 12. Yeah, that'd be that'd yeah. be massive. Oregon, massive Wash, Oregon, and Washington, right? Oregon and Washington. Yes, the Big Twelve needs a shot like that. It does. Now, I don't know that the Big Ten would take um, Oregon and Washington. I don't know that. I'm not. I'm not. You hear varying opinions on that. Vince. To the phones again. Uh, we've got Vince up early as usual, Napa, California. Vince, you are on early break. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, fellas. How are you? Vince, what do you got? Well, let's see. Well, well, a couple of things. I mean, both the you know both of the realignment and also uh, and also broadcast you know broadcast being more compelling. Um, one, one thing that I thought about. I mean, and I and I don't know where I heard this uh, thought bandied about, but. Um, uh, but like, but like, let's say, like, like, let's say that the Big Ten ends up luring Notre Dame. One thing that one one school that I can see being somewhat of a natural fit, mainly because they have a, a long-standing cross-country rivalry, and I guess I say this for selfish reasons as much as anything, would be Stanford. Because if Stanford joins the Big Ten, then yeah, I, I'm I'm only an hour and a half away, so I definitely think about I, I definitely think about going to Palo Alto. You know, but um, because say what you will about the Big Ten and as far as adding teams for greediness and being a money grab, but one thing that you can say about the Big Ten is that they're one conference that across the board takes academics very seriously, and that's where those two schools would be a fit. But uh, as far as uh, broadcast being more compelling, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely of the mind that you know there's really only so much you can do from a broadcast standpoint to make things more compelling. And I was listening to Gus's point about um, about how you know Tony Romo yeah. about you know telling us what's going to happen before it happens. Um, I'll tell you one broadcaster that was definitely that way. Now he was Tony Romo before Tony Romo was Tony Romo, and you may remember. Well, Jake, you wouldn't, but Sip, you would. I remember watching broadcasts what, that Hank Stram would do, Hank and he was very much that way. Mm-hmm. He would always say something like, "Well, they're in good shape. They want to run this on the left side." Okay. Um, right. or, or yeah, well, they look like they can do a little bit, a little bit of business if they throw on the right side. Wow. I mean, but um, he, I mean, he was always that way, and, and invariably, he would also tell you, "It looks like it's going to be a you know a run here or, or a throw there," and invariably it would play out that. way. And I don't know if, it, if he could tell it because of what happened, 
because of what they were showing formationally or because of, you know, maybe you watch practice and he conveyed it to the listeners. But those are the type of things that, that I would go along with. Because to me, I mean, animations and all of this and all of that, to me, you're just trying to appeal to somebody that's not necessarily into football. But I'll tell you one thing, though. Oh, boy. If, if, if Vincent Napa was to bring out anything okay. to appeal to anybody when it came to animation, and you know where this would go, I would bring out... Bloody knuckle! Oh, oh, yes, yeah. that worked. That, that would be that worked. Be Thank you on the broadcast. That I worked. Think. Animation. Thank okay. you, Vince. Well, hang, on, hang on before we get to to Bob. Bob, animation has been growing in the broadcast game. Think about I don't you know, me and I might not watch uh, much Monday Night Football the last couple of years, but it's been mocked, mocked because they all, ESPN had like these different animation things that were just stupid it's like they would try to do something with like, it was, like i guess they said the dolphins versus the Bengals, and they have some sort of ridiculous animated graphic that people would mock every time because it was just stupid it was it was, it was over they, they tried too hard on it animated graphic you know what i'm going for gus you know what it looked like it looks like at the bowling alley when you get yes. a strike yes. and it gives you one that's of those it. crappy animations oh, yes. that's exactly what it looked like and it was weird because it's that's on an right. espn broadcast yep. right thank you that's exactly right it's like oh, or kino you go to kino and see those things pop up that's what it felt like it's like what is what's going on who are we trying to appeal to here are you sure okay now some people could critique our show today and say brett roarmark has a yeah yeah <laughs> Your mark. Your mark has an idea of appealing to eighteen to twenty-four year olds, and I think we're assuming that this is through the broadcast. There's probably other ways you could do it. I don't know what though. Like, well, there there's other ways, advertising, marketing toward that group, right? Now we didn't do a good job of coming up with our own ideas before the show. Well, here's the deal, though. <clears throat> Lane has a good point here on the text line. Lane, this is not our area of expertise. No. I will say this. Lane says this. The Big 12 is already, right now, already more entertaining to watch than Big 10 football. If they add more teams, they really could be a great brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask me what, what I'd rather watch, a, a Big 10 game of 17-13, to 17-14, I mean or a Big 12 game of 55-52, to 52, I'm probably going to be more inclined to watch that game. First of all, the Big 10's not necessarily like that. All right. It's, 21 to 17. No, Sorry. It's excuse not. Me. I, do I need to start looking up scores? Uh, there's been a lot. Of, uh, I'm looking at Northwestern <laughs> games here. <laughs> Illinois games. Take the worst team in the league. Hey, I did what I did. Would, would, anybody, would anybody argue if I said that a, a Big 12 game, like Lane says, is more entertaining than a Big 10 game? I'm um, not saying it's as good a football, but it might be more entertaining because of the high-scoring yeah. nature of the game. It depends who you're high watching. Offense. It depends who you're watching, right? If you're watching, I don't know. You, I don't know. Are you sure about that? I think most would feel that way. Okay. I speak for the people. Um, okay. We've got Kool-Aid, Husker Bob on the line. Bob, you're on early break. Go ahead. Hey, it's not Kool-Aid. It's Big Red Soda. Okay? Oh, Big Red, oh, excuse big red me. Soda. Big Red Soda, Bob, on, okay, the, on the hotline today. Our bad. Hey, uh, you know, um, mocking up coaches on the sideline or in the dugout or wherever, okay. you've got to be really careful about that because, first of all, coaches' minds are in the game, and you don't want to be taking them out of the game. No. Second of all, 
if you start micing up coaches, most of this feeling of plays and and that, uh, you know, people trying to steal plays on, uh, on the side, on the sidelines and stuff, and you don't know who's listening, and you could just give something away by by uh, having a coach mic'd up and uh, throwing up plays in that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the other team got got access. So there's enough of that going on, that, and you don't know well if some of these the people that the teams that steal them are going to find ways to to uh, get uh, information if if coaches mark mic'd up. Okay. So. And, um, you know, John Madden used to, uh, on Monday Night Football, used to do X's and O's and, you know, and go through plays and, go, you know, and, and stuff and, and uh, explain things. So that's not a new concept, but it's a concept that's been lost since uh, he's not, since uh, he quit broadcasting. So that'd be something that, you know, that could come up. But, okay. uh, yeah. But my kind of coach, I wouldn't want. If I'm a coach, I wouldn't want to be mic'd up. Okay, Bob. You know, you know another thing. Yeah. Okay. If you could get, they want to take the physicality out of football, but if you could get the sound of of uh, the players being hit and uh, and that, I mean, if you're on the sideline, it's great because you can hear that. Yeah. You don't hear that in the stands and you don't hear that on the broadcast. If you could get that to where you you know, during the broadcast where you can hear that and you hear that live action, it bring you more into the game. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, Bob, thank right. you. So I, I that's what you're saying, Sip. I'm that's you said earlier you make it a little bit more like a video game. I mean, when you play video games you can always hear yeah. the tackle. And it is kinda cool. It adds to the broadcast. Okay. It adds you make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage, you hear it. That's pretty neat. Yeah. You feel like okay, I yeah, did something that makes sense. here. That makes sense. All right, we got somewhere. I mean, you're talking to somebody who I, I really enjoyed the broadcast when it was Keith Jackson and name a bro- Frank Broyles, you know. I mean, that was 1979, okay. I enjoyed those broadcasts. So I – you know what? If I were a conference commissioner, I'd probably try to go back in time. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would now, – now, now, isn't there something to be said for that simplicity? I didn't hear a lot of – I didn't hear a lot of criticism of those broadcasts back in the day. No. I mean, to me, it's mostly about the football and the and the analysts I, I mean, see, and the play-by-play. The man. ones that get the most heckling are the ones that try too hard. Right. Which I guess that's what I would think that you would do for a broadcast like that is try to make it try too hard to appeal to a younger audience. Yeah, you don't. You don't I mean, like again, those graphics. I cannot express to you how stupid they were. If you have Michigan, Gus agrees that he's in that demographic. If you have Michigan Ohio State playing, I don't need a lot. I don't need anything. I mean, play the damn game. It's the game. I mean, do we need? Why do? Do we got to make this hip? Now, I guess if you're playing Purdue and Indiana, maybe – that's a rivalry, so that's not even a good example. Purdue-Michigan State on our October Saturday. Maybe you need to dress things up to appeal to people with low attention spans. I, I, I don't I, – Apparently, that's probably what it is with the phones. Yeah. yeah, I think that's maybe what you're talking about. Yeah, I guess. It doesn't – it just doesn't enter into my consciousness, these ideas. I, 
it's not my expertise. But you know what? 19-year-old Cole is on he the is, line. He is, yeah. He, 19-year-old Cole is in that 18 to 24 demographic. Yeah. Cole, you're on early break. Go ahead, man. Hey, guys. I want to change up the conversation a little bit. I heard this on another show, and I wanted to ask you guys the same question. Okay. If blank, whoever you want, is good, Nebraska will be great. On um, both sides of the wall, don't just say Casey Thompson, please. Don't make the conversation boring. But I'll give you mine first. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to say Bryce Benhart. Okay. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to say Stefan Wynn. Stefan Wynn. Okay, thank you, Cole. Maybe we should do that in the next. Yeah, I think we we hope we push that one. Well, hey, yeah. Cole, do you mind if we if we push that yeah, to the, ne- to no the next se- segment? Yeah, we were behind time anyways. So. Yeah, all right. Well, I like having a lot extra. of calls. Thank you. Yeah, coming in, Vince, Bob, Derek, Cole. Six o'clock. People are awake. Today. Segment I callers. Like, I like it. <laughs> Big fan. Big yeah. fan. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. One that you hadn't pondered very much. How to spice up. That's why I was. I wanted to hear what people had to say about how to make the broadcast more youthful. Because what I have told you is the way they are right now is fine. The attempt to go younger with the graphics was a disaster. But it could. But but there's a lot more you can do. And that's why I needed people's help. Yeah. This was a therapy session for me and you to learn more. Thank you to listeners for helping out in some capacity. I don't need therapy. (laughs) We all need therapy. It is four hundred an hour. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, Four next. (laughs) Break the ticket.